week two in the ACC in the books, and we got week one of the NFL all coming up today on Ovias and Gilio. We'll give you premature evaluations. We will give you the bizdelic of the weekend. Our friend Bomani Jones will drop on by to discuss whether Texas is back and maybe Dion can replace Nick Saban at Alabama. Thanks to everybody who has followed us on their favorite podcast platform. Appreciate everybody who's given us five stars. If you haven't yet, please do. We would appreciate that. Leave a review while you're at it. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And thanks to everybody who's bought a t-shirt. What are you waiting for? These t-shirts from Breaking Tea are awesome. Super comfortable t-shirts. Great hoodies as well. They're available at breakingtea.com slash OG. Again, that's breakingtea.com slash OG. Rock your tailgate with an Ovis and Gilio throwback Skyhawk shirt. Or get ready for the hockey season with an Ice Caps inspired Ovis and Gilio. Again, breakingtea.com slash OG. 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 Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside the Eford Studios downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties. And thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. We're going through some home remodel stuff. You know what I needed? I needed the Kyocera to print off shipping return labels because of things that either were busted, were the wrong order, XYZ. Print those bad boys out ASAP. Also needed some stuff for junior canes. Printed that out. ASAP, all connected with my phone, my computer, everything else. I got a little smart hub in my home, Joe. Plus, we got all new contracts this week. So you're going to need to print some more things out. Oh, boy. Actual business work. I wasn't aware of that. Actual business work that I'm going to have to print out? Yeah. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, check them out online at copiers-plus.com. As Julio likes to say, you don't know what you don't know. It's not afraid to ask for help. Just don't be afraid. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So it's coming out of another football weekend. Week two in college football. Week one of the NFL. So let's not waste any more time, shall we? And let's get ahead and get some premature evaluations. All right, Joe, let's start with NC State versus Notre Dame. Although I feel like delaying our conversation about this for about an hour and 45 minutes. It was foggy this morning. So I don't know if that's something we can talk about right now. As long as all of our equipment shorts out and then comes back on. I know. I know. Eventually. Dude, like, well, (laughs) there's the actual game to talk about. But holy crap, man. They're brand spanking new. What, $15 million scoreboard? Is that how much that thing cost? I I, I don't know the exact exact price tag on that thing. I just hope. But they are so very proud of. And it looked great. Amazing. Because I've been driving past it for a variety of different things. I wasn't there on Saturday. But you can see it from Wade Avenue. You can see it off of Trinity. And you're like, can't oh, miss it. I mean, I think it's gorgeous. Would have been nice for the stadium series. But you know what? Bygones, right? And then this, what is it with Notre Dame and storms, man? Hurricane Matthew back in 2016. Makes you think. Some, you know, whatever, this act of God that was taking place on Saturday. Makes delays the game almost two hours, <laughs> right? Speaking of act of gods, after the delay, NC State comes out or Notre Dame comes out and scores right off the jump. Uh, catches State a little flat-footed from that situation. I, look, I didn't expect NC State to win this game. I expected a Dave Dorn special in this game. And for the most part, up until the end of the third quarter, it was playing out that way. But they missed that field goal, and things fell apart from there, man. And 
this is a this is a national championship contending team in Notre Dame versus an NC State squad that's still trying to figure some things out. I'm not surprised by the result. Period. Yeah. Two big plays and breakdowns in the first half is really what cost NC State in this game. Don't drop passes, guys. Don't drop passes. It's that it's I, I've seen some like right. Brennan Armstrong. I don't know about <laughs> Brennan Armstrong. You know what I don't know about winning. Football games when guys drop passes there's or huge, give an interception to another guy. There's huge Jumichael Ramos and Marquez Valdez scantling energy to this receiving group. Boy. All right, over to North Carolina and App State. Did the North Carolina General Assembly pass a law that requires North Carolina? Is that what the emergency meeting is and, today for the uh, legal. Maybe that's issue. what it is. The legal issue being. <laughs> They cannot play anymore because it's too dramatic. Actually, I love these games. The three games they've played under Mac Brown, the two in Chapel Hill, the one in Boone have been absolutely fantastic. I know Texas and Alabama started up. I I put that up on the computer on my coffee table because I was focused on the App State North Carolina game. It delivered again, which is what you want. But what didn't get delivered, Joe, was a follow-up performance to the South Carolina win. Not a clean game for the Tar Heels, both defensively and offensively. Amari and Hampton, though, the star of this game. Yeah, Carolina's got to clean some up, some things up with their run defense. But I did like the way that Hampton ran the yeah. football. They found different ways to make plays, and then Drake May makes the play in overtime. This is not something to be worried about. We've talked about this with Carolina. There are no layups on their schedule. No, they could beat anybody on their schedule, and they could also lose to anybody, save for Campbell, on their schedule. So for them to find a way after an emotional performance and after people were were on them from that South Carolina game, I, I wouldn't be worried about this one. Now, to your point, and we could talk more about this, I'm sure. We will. You know, hey, wow. Wake me, wake me up. I'll put the money down right now. Yeah. I'll pay, I'll pay anyone, anyone and everyone one thousand dollars if Stanford, Cal, or SMU plays three games against anyone in this conference half as interesting as those three games that App State and Carolina just played. Here, there it is. It's an open bet. Come mm-hmm. and take it. By all means. Whether keep it simple, by the way, North Carolina. Just keep it simple. Why are you doing Wildcat? You have a you have a Heisman you have a Heisman candidate on your roster. The guy that's gonna go to the NFL. Well and you line up a yeah, wide receiver. You can't you can't yell at Drake May for helicoptering and diving, right? And then t- put him and in a position in a not position. to no 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 I'm saying like offensively they're trying to I just, when you run out of that formation, yeah, you have a blocking advantage. It's not the worst idea in the history of the world, particularly when you're trying to protect Drake I'm, May. But you put him up at wide receiver? I'm just anyway. I just didn't like that. And yeah, zero sacks for the defense, 500 yards total offense. Crucial interception, though. And that's the thing that North Carolina had a, had struggled with, was creating turnovers. Yeah. They had some turnovers against South Carolina. They had a key interception. Is it bad that my number one takeaway from that game was, how bad is South Carolina? Yeah. And, and yes, at the end of this yeah. program, I will be driving to the Virginia border to yeah, bet against them there is next that. week against Georgia. There is that. Over to the ACC in general. Nothing stupid happened. I mean, Duke kind of was, you know, the overcoming of the emotional win against Clemson. A little bit of a slow start against Lafayette. Virginia Tech lost at home to Purdue. Virginia Tech's in a rebuild, obviously. Virginia's going through it. We knew that this year for Virginia was going to be. Yeah, that was a gut gut punch, though. To have that one and then then have it slip away. And then Pitt losing to Cincinnati's the not-a-good-look category. However, outside of field coach, man. However, the ACC is four and one against the the SEC. Look at look at the U. Look at that carrying the banner. I love it. I absolutely love that. I love to see that. 
the uh, the you i'm not there's a lot I, I feel like we could have titled this episode are you back mm-hmm. because there's a lot of that going on right now is texas back is florida state back is miami back are the cowboys <laughs> back but my ultimate takeaway from this game is similar to your takeaway from last week south you know north yeah. carolina app state kind of saying more about South Carolina than anything else, your main takeaway. And I feel the same way about this takeaway with Miami and Texas A&M. I think this speaks more to Jimbo Fisher than it does anything else. Brandon Marcello, um, who I think writes for the athletic now, no, he's with 24 seven, uh, put this out. Texas A&M records through 62 games, Kevin oh, no. Sumlin, 43 and 19, Jimbo Fisher, 40 and 22, Texas A&M one and seven, in the last eight games versus power five teams. The, the Aggies have seven straight losses on the road, which is the most in the sec. And the 48, 33 loss at Miami was the coach's first road neutral loss in the state of Florida. He's now 15 and one in the state of Florida. And how much money do they owe him? Like in perpetuity oh. at this point with that guaranteed contract? I'm I'm not even going to repeat what was texted over the weekend about Jimbo Fisher and and Texas oh. A&M trying to find a way out. Oh, from that deal, but suffice it to say that so if, if Texas wanna, A&M could find a way out at this point, they would. I think they would. I just want to make sure I have my story straight. By the way, this is now two weekends in a row. The first two weeks of the football season, where the poor ACC squads. The poor name brand schools like Miami, who just can't keep up, they just can't keep up with the mighty SEC. Right. They've done what now? The last two weeks? Yeah. I just, but, want, I, I just want to keep my story straight. Miami looked good though. Like offensively, Miami looked good. Yeah, like, and did. that's the thing they take away from that. They did. Like I'm not sure if if Miami's back, but Tyler Van Dyke certainly is. All right, to the NFL where the Carolina Panthers, I guess we have to wait a little bit longer for a top pick QB to win their debut. It's been 21 years. David Carr was the last one to do it with the Houston Texans. Did not happen for Bryce Young. Um, uh, two two quick take- takeaways. I-, I believe Brian Burns played an FU pay me game against the Atlanta Falcons. Also, I think it's telling that J.C. Horn goes out early for the game. Which sucks for J.C. Horn. Absolutely sucks for him that he's hurt again. And the Atlanta Falcons still refuse to throw downfield until late. But then again, they didn't have to. Uh, turnovers lead to 17 points. Short field to work with. Bijan Robinson, as my uh, as my kids like to joke when they play video games, light work for the Falcons. Yeah, don't beat yourself. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons you go out and get a Frank Reich, a 62-year-old head coach, is you're not going to do anything stupid. Nine penalties. Yes. Three turnovers. Yes. Bad news, Brown. Absolutely. Although, hat tip to Wake Forest legend Jesse Bates. Had himself a day. He did. He did. Anyway, there's your premature evaluations. Every time we talk about college football, specifically, it's brought to you by Wings Over Raleigh. Wings over Chapel Hill, Wings over Greenville. Went to Wings over Raleigh on Saturday uh, in between uh, kid hockey and getting back in time for the North Carolina App State game and the Texas-Alabama game. You go sweet chili? I did. Hot lemon pepper. Mm. Hot lemon pepper was the move, man. See, I'm not a lemon pepper guy. So. I am. The okay. kids, abs- like I, had, I got three. I got the hot lemon pepper, just a straight up hot, and then the sweet chili. The kids ranked them hot lemon pepper. Hot, yeah, the hot's good, and the sweet chili, yeah, like okay. like Caleb said, he's like, yeah, it's just a good hot wing, yeah, I'm like cool, lemon pepper, man, okay, different level. So try it next time. But, but you're I'm not a lemon pepper, but the spice, <sighs> the spice to it overcomes. So you get that lemon pepper okay. first, 
and, and then, then the spice there's hits a little, you. little something going there. It's like it waves. It's yeah. good stuff. I, I really liked it. I really liked it. So we're always trying to innovate on this show. We are always yes. trying to innovate on this show. <laughs> and before we get to housekeeping, I feel it's time that we introduce to you our new segment for the football season. I think it's appropriate uh, after two weeks of football. We call it the Bizdelic of the weekend. Our radio people told us that uh, you take away those uh, those runs and we outscored it by 19. So <laughs> it's that Joe. If you just take away the thing that happened in the game, man, we're right in it. <laughs> What's crazy? We could win. That. I believe it was a 28 nothing run that he was talking he about. Was. It was, which it was, is what it makes it hysterical. Yeah, like, that was, <laughs> you know, that was 11 years ago at NC State. 11 years ago, man. It all runs together. All, all right. So what is your, right, you got it on the whiteboard. What is the bizdelict of the weekend, please? What do we got here? What do we got? <laughs> all right. I think it's, I think we got it now. Okay. This is fairly simple. Uh-huh. NC State lost to Notre Dame 45, 24. And you're like, oh man, state's defense must've been terrible. Actually, there were 56 plays where they gave up 198 yards. Huh. That's, 3.1 yards per play. You can live with that. You can win a lot of football games with that 3.5 yards per play. But there were five plays where they gave up 258 oh, yards. Oh, I see. Which is 51.6 yards per play. But Joe, if you take away those five plays, <laughs> you're a winning team. <laughs> Seriously, they gave up an 80-yard run, estimate, 65-yard pass, 45-yard touchdown pass, 40-yard pass, and a 28-yard touchdown pass. Like, yeah, what are we doing here, guys? And on a, on two of those plays, Aiden White looked a lot like David Amerson. Aiden mm. White, their all-ACC cornerback last year who got all kinds of praise and was outstanding last season. He was in the wrong place straight up on two of the plays. And two critical plays that cost NC State touchdowns. Those on the bright side, you can clean that up. Yeah. You know, and on the 80 yard touchdown run, sometimes you have to tip your hat. Like yeah. Notre Dame really blocked that well. And then that was one of those plays where you go, there was a guy last year who made a, a ton of plays. Oh, yeah. They don't have Tanner Engel anymore. You know, like we know a lot about who they have back when we, you know, I even think about the, the linebackers that they lost. Mm hmm. Tanner Ingle was an eraser at safety. And I don't know if, if quote unquote, their new safeties are bad, but they just don't make the same plays that mm-hmm. Ingle, a fifth year player who literally started for five straight years for NC state made for them last year. Um, but the breakdowns, the missed assignments by, by Aiden white, those can be fixed. The, the missed plays, even by Peyton Wilson, who's trying to do a little too much at this point because yeah. he's missing this two other two guys those can be fixed. So if you concentrate on that 56 plays, 198 yards, you might have yourself something on the flip side of that, of the other bizdelict for NC state's offense. They ran 31 first down plays, got 91 yards. And you're like, Oh, three yards of play. I mean, it's not great, but it's not awful. Take out the last play, which was a touchdown on the first down to, to uh, Dakari Collins. That's a 23. That was a 23 yard touchdown. NC State ran 29 plays for 30 yards on first down. That's abysmal. Mm -hmm. You can't do that to your offense. Of the 18 passing plays they had, they completed five for 62 yards and two interceptions, including the touchdown that was completely meaningless and irrelevant to the game. So 
NC State has to get better cleaning up because remember in UConn they had the bust on the long run and now you have a, two weeks in a row now you have a bust on a long run and now two weeks in a row you have to clean up those defensive assignments and you have to get better on first down. I know a lot of fans were upset with Brendan Armstrong and there, there's a bigger question I think to be asked about NC State Yeah, this year and how they went about this year mm-hmm. and that is because I had one fan, one of my friends Blair said to me, he's like, hey, I actually, like, I think I've seen enough Brennan Armstrong. He's like, I kind of want to see MJ Morris now. And I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. Like, it, it, what is fair about that is to ask, like, I feel like NC State was caught between, do you go to Morris and and help him through the portal yes. with other skill players? Because it's a, God, it's a miscalculation. State's, NC State's skill players are so ordinary that's the th- thank you and, and i don't you, know you, if you, brendan you, armstrong or, or even mj morris is going to save that you that's know what i mean exactly or even robert no. and i is a better play caller that, I, I, which i think well, he is i think he is too but what are you working with right and that it all comes down to and this is a conversation you and i had in the off season you had an incredibly special out of unfortunate circumstances because of covid a three-year run yeah. of not just development but you had some talent on that team yeah. but you had the ability to develop. You had the ability to, quote, unquote, run it back. Last year did not go the way as planned for a variety of issues, injuries being a big one. However, we always kind of viewed in our discussions about NC State this year as a reset year. Yeah. A, it's a bowl season, but, you know, hey, beat Carolina, be competitive, or win a bowl, bowl. Win one of the four games at home exactly. that your fans care about. Exactly, exactly. That This was, would have been one of them, and obviously. if you care about MJ Morris's development, well, then you use the transfer portal to get one more season out of Brennan Armstrong with Robert and I and try to make the best of what you've got. I always viewed that as an indication of they don't feel strongly about the skill positions around yeah. them. Now, that's on Dave Doran and the staff to go get those guys the next year or develop them so that when MJ Morris is ready, then everything falls into place. Which, However... Which is what they did with this next class. They spent the money on recruits yes. as opposed to portal players. Yes. This year... What made me think of Saturday was Dave Clawson when he said, we retained a bunch of players who if they had gone elsewhere or if we had signed them out of the portal, people would be like, wow, look at all these guys that you added. And he's like, really, we just retained, right? So NC State, in this case, the players that they retained were Peyton Wilson, Dylan McMahon at center, and then adding Brennan, Brennan Armstrong is obviously one of those things where you're like, okay, this is how they chose to go about and build a roster. And that's what I mean when I think there's a bigger question this year. Like, and if you're NC State going forward, you yeah. can't, you, you're not Alabama, you're not Texas, you're not Florida State, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do both. You're not going to be able to buy players out of the portal nope. and buy recruits. So it's almost like you got to choose. And I think this year they chose to kind of bring guys back as opposed to getting guys out of the portal. Mm-hmm. And then I think next year's class with, with Jonathan Paylor, you're like, okay, I'm going to invest in a recruit, right? A receiver, which, in theory, does help MJ Morris. It will help MJ. But Morris. I'm looking at their skill players. We said this. We've said this all off season. Mm-hmm. Who is going to make plays for them? And I remember the the YouTube poster putting on there, and he he just basically listed everybody on the roster, and it's like, right, but <laughs> none of them are making plays. I do think Kevin Concepcion has a chance. I do mm-hmm. think Juice Farine has a chance. I think those are two true freshmen who will get better. One thing everyone has to square right now, right now. You got fifth and sixth year players in college football. It's really hard for a true freshman, even one as physically advanced as Jews Vereen, yeah. to make 
a consistent impact from game oh, yeah. to game. Makes sense. And for the for, as far as the criticism of Armstrong goes, they don't win the UConn game without him. And well, I think that, that's okay. the value of an older, kind of wiser, competitive player because he is also, a 60-year player. So it's not like they didn't. It's not like they didn't help them. Look, can we can we cut to the chase of what's going on here? This idea that well, I've seen enough from Armstrong. Have you though? Right. Have you? What? Well, because like the, to your point about UConn, yeah, they don't win that game without yeah. him because of the limitations of the offense, and they need him to run, whether it's designed or not. That's that's the feature of Brennan Armstrong. Right. That's why they brought him. There was something that Devin Leary could never do, and what kept him out of a lot of conversations about how loaded the the quarterback class was in the ACC. Not to say that Devin Leary wasn't good. He he was. Look at the stats sure. when he was healthy. The point is, Brennan Armstrong was brought here for a reason. It came to fruition against UConn. Who thought, look, where's Notre Dame, where's State? As competitive as things, as competitive. But where is Notre Dame without Sam Hartman, I wonder? That's a great question. It's a great question. But they could afford to get Sam. Yes. By the way, they didn't get Sam Hartman at some discount rate. Of course not. But my, (laughs) my point is, Notre Dame was in a position where they were literally a quarterback away from being in college football playoff contention, a, a yeah, quarterback right. away. Cause everything else we talked about this at the jump, Notre Dame's never had a line problem. Nope. They got a defense. They got skill position players. I just can't remember the last good quarterback. Ian book might be the last good, like legit quarterback for, uh, for Notre Dame. They got that in Sam Hartman, which didn't match up with the skill players. I think they've done no. a better job of recruiting receivers. So, they're faster on the outside. The fact they're that not they, just relying on some, you know, giant white tight end. Yeah. They actually have some guys who can make some plays. So the fact that NC State hung around with the game plan, which I knew was going to be a Dave Dorn special from the jump. We talked about on, on yeah. Thursday. You know, they they hurt themselves. They hurt say, themselves. Just get to the half at 10-7. Yeah. And Plus, you feel so much better about life. Look, man, it was a weird-ass game. NC State beat Notre Dame in 2016 in a weird-ass game where they threw it yeah. 26 times in a driving storm in ankle-deep water, okay? This game had an hour and 45-minute delay where one team came out and took advantage of it, and NC State did, all right? I mean, it's just that, it's that simple. So this idea that I'm ready for MJ Morris gets to another issue with fandom in general. Sure. You want what you don't know. Right. We've seen Brennan Armstrong. That's the other that's well, the flip side of age, guess, by the way. That's the yeah. flip side. Yeah. We all know we see these this in guys. college basketball in the NBA. We all yep. know these guys. And the more we see them, the more we're like, what's the big deal? Well, I want to see the guy that's the future. There's that remember he showed flashes last year. He's the future. I want to see the future. Let's see how this plays they get, out. They get four games to give Morris this year yes. to play. Yes. I, I don't disagree as asking the question, just taking a step back and mm-hmm. saying, what was the best path? Right. Because you're going to face this again. Like I said, your NC State, your NIL money is not equal to that of Florida State. It's not equal to that of Texas or Notre Dame or or any of the other power programs. Yeah. So you have to be smart with how you invest. The question at some point this year, when we look at this, if NC State gets to a to a, you know, four or five win level, you're going to go, okay. Yeah. At some point, I want to see what MJ or how can I help MJ and set him up? So that next year is not another five or six win team. You're back on that eight or nine win path. You need, you need to get back to the center okay. of the shot there. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I have I've, I've caught up on things. I have I haven't been putting out the email uh, necessary. The OG goes digital at gmail.com. Again, that's the OG goes digital at gmail.com. I got stickers. I still got some stickers. Uh, I even got some koozies from our breeze through event as well. So just shoot me an email, put in stickers or koozie, and I will uh, mail those out when I've got some time. So again, stickers, koozie, just email me at vogoesdigital at gmail.com. 
Uh, big thanks to Homefield for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. College football weekend in the books. Were you at a tailgate? Were you at a party? Were you rocking the right stuff? Did you have the fire fit? Homefield has it all. They've got the vintage-inspired T-shirts, hoodies, sweaters, all that fun stuff. Go check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's OG23 to get 15% off your order. Also, big thanks to Matt Davis, State Farm. Check them out online at insuregarner.com, voginsurance.com, or just give them a call straight all up. Kinds of. <laughs> call, we got all, all sorts of swag. Uh, we, we even have the uh, the State Farm. Yeah, we're uh, going to hold on to those. We, we gotta, do. We got the right sticker on there. Do we have a mixtape today? Working on it. Okay. All right. That's fine. I mean, we can, I can always hit pause button. Anyway, uh, check them out. Matt Davis. I'm a state farm customer for the long, for, for a very, very long time. I actually had to call my state farm agent the other day uh, to get some clarification on my son with a learner's permit. Like, does he go on the insurance yet? Does he not go on the insurance? What's going on here with the learner's permit? But that's customer service. Those are real people. They're local. And that's Matt Davis. Check them out at insuregarner.com. All right, let's get back to the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers did not look so hot in their debut against the Atlanta Falcons. This was a highly winnable game for the Panthers, Joe. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are trying to go the Coach K positionless route when it comes to their offense. Yeah. Like they clearly do not believe. They've got everything else in place, right? You've got Bijan Robinson running back. you got Kyle Pitts, uh, who's going to be special. Um, they got a pretty decent defense. And they don't have a quarterback. They don't trust Desmond Ritter, period. But when you're tasking the Atlanta Falcons offense to work with 17 yards, five yards because of those turnovers, you extend plays because of the penalties, nine penalties total for this game. It it almost felt like you guys know the preseason's over, right? Give you the benefit of the doubt. You're working through it. Benefit of the doubt. Benefit of that. You're not showing much. Well, maybe this is just what they were. And... Not a really great optimistic start for the Carolina Panthers out of the jump. And look, Bryce Young was a rookie. He had to work through some things early on. Those two interceptions, I mean, they were basically identical interceptions. Do I expect that out of Bryce Young as the season goes forward? No, but I am curious if the offensive line and the skill position players around him are going to improve or this is just what he's going to have to work with going forward. It's amazing to me how similar every NFL team is. Yeah, scheme-wise. Scheme-wise, speed-wise, they pretty much all do the same thing. Yeah. So you have to have hammers. You have to have guys who make plays. Okay? And for the Panthers, when you have a top 10 pick, mm-hmm. hello, J.C. Horn. <laughs> right. Okay? You ha- The best ability is availability. You have to be on the damn field, man. And I get it. He's not going out there trying to get hurt. When you invest in a player, when you invest in an asset, that that asset that needs to turn around and make plays, mm-hmm. okay? The Falcons this year, they went out this offseason, they went and got Jesse Bates from the Bengals, okay? They gave him a $64 million year over four years. Right. Now, some of that's funny money in the NFL, but a lot of it was guaranteed. Well, you, know, you know how I feel. The salary cap yeah, is not real, man. It's like birds. I get it. Yes. But when you go out and make an invest in an investment like that, guess what you want? Mm-hmm. A return on that investment. Jesse Bates in this game, two interceptions and causes really the game turning fumble. The fumble when it's 10, 10 on Sanders was the play of the game. And it was just a heads up play. It was nobody's fault. Sanders is reaching Bates pops his arm in there, pops that ball loose. Yeah. Gives the Falcons a short field. They score the touchdown and the game was over. 
Okay. You got to make plays. Where was Jeremy Chin in this game? Not sure. Brian Burns, you mentioned, hey, right out of the start game. paying me. He looked like a guy who was who was motivated and ready to play. Mm-hmm. You got to like that. Miles Sanders had the fumble, uh, but for the most part, he was involved in 45% of the Panthers plays in this game. Yeah. So you can't exactly blame Sanders. Uh, there's, a, there's a certain lack of explosiveness there for the Panthers that they're going to have to fix, and I'm not sure they can fix yeah. without investing another one of those top 10 picks or going through free agency and getting a really good hammer. Those are the, that's the way I see it for the Panthers, you know, uh, the, the fumble on 10, 10, and then it's 17, 10 getting back to their top investments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you're down 17, 10, you get, a, you get a nice first down on a series from Sanders, right? You take a play action shot deep to Marshall. Well, I, I don't know if that was a great route. I don't know if it was a bad throw either way. Don't mind the play action shot. Next play is Sanders five. Now it's third and five. You're in a manageable, manageable position. And there's the flag on Iki Aquanu. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. You can't have that. You just can't. You can't beat yourself. Mm-hmm. Now it's third and 10. There's a sack, punt, Falcon score. Now it's really toast time. And, that, and that's the situation. This also gets to my overarching point about Bryce Young. I don't think he's an elite athlete. I don't think he's a guy who's going to win games by himself. Yeah. I think he's a guy who can make the players around him better. I think he's a smart player, but obviously that takes some time as mm-hmm. a rookie. We'll all remember that um, T- Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning, all Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterbacks struggled like hell when they started their first year. It's a, it's a real thing, and I get that, but he does not pop off of the page the way that another guy Pops off of the page. Well, to your point, uh, this is from Matthew who tweeted at me in the middle of the game. He's like, I refuse to let intrusive thoughts enter my brain, but Anthony Richardson looks electric. We talked about this a lot yeah, and I during think the draft. Gonna, I think that's going to be a season-long arch. It is. Too. It is. And it, they both can be right. I want to I continue to emphasize that. Sure. The Panthers took the safe route with the older coach and the safer quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Colts took the offensive coordinator who just so happened to interview for the same job with the Panthers, who's the young, you know, hot shit, hot gun. Right. 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 And then they took, they took the scratch off in Richardson, but it's hard. And now you marry that. Well, you marry Richardson with Steichen who had so much success with Jalen hurts, a similar quarterback to uh, what they have and what they think they might have. Richardson. To your point. The Colts lost by the way, they did lose. And I need to charge my computer to. Okay. <laughs> While you're charging your computer, tell you what, I will, I will, I will use this time to tell you about graffiti. Our Panthers conversations this season, brought to you by Graffiti in downtown Cary. Uh, great cocktails, but during the football season, great bourbon specials. Uh, I tweeted it out on Sunday. I wanted to go, but kid hockey took me out of the equation for Sunday afternoon to hang out at Graffiti. Maybe this upcoming weekend I can do it. But um, they had. They had Blanton's, they had Buffalo Trace, they had Eagle Rare, all on specials. And I'm telling you, the break-even night on Tuesdays at Graffiti are fantastic. Uh, It's the best-kept secret that I'm trying to make not a secret. But here's the thing. I had jotted this down while watching the game. And as Bryce Young looked as shaky as he did at the jump, and he started to settle down, but you started to look at the limitations of the offense, and the limitations of the offense are the skill position players around you. And you have to remind yourself, this is a process. I don't want to go, you know, trust the process here. I don't want to go full sip Philadelphia 76ers. But I think we all recognize that this is the Panthers team that at best could sneak into the playoffs because of the division being bad, all right? But it doesn't take away from the fact that 
it's a bad division with bad teams, and the Panthers are included in said bad teams that are not there yet. Mm. I don't want to go full Matt. I, I don't think they're a bad team. I don't think they're offensively. Uh, that's the thing, and that's what I'll be really curious about too. My last point on this before we move on is related to Brian Burns, and there was a little bit of drama with Brian Burns whether he was going to play or not. Uh, he put out, you know, he goes by Spider-Man. He went on the Instagram stories. He put sad Spider-Man in the rain because he hadn't been paid yet. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, and I'm fine with it because yeah. that's just players today. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's just the generation. They do all this stuff through social media. And while it can be eye roll inducing, maybe it's because I have kids. Like, it's whatever at this point. But uh, Trayvon over at ABC 11 uh, had put this out. Brian Bird said there was a time this week where he considered not playing. Says he really leaned on his faith, got some good advice from Justin Houston, teammate, asked if he'd consider sitting out going forward, saying, nah, I'm playing, which is the smart thing to do because what did we see from the jump with Brian Burns, right? And this gets to me, this gets to my larger point about NFL and contracts. Last week, we talked about Nick Bosa being the market setter. Not that Brian Burns is going to get Nick Bosa money. You can make the argument that Nick Bosa is being overpaid. Cool. Not the point. The point is that contract was going to be the thing that the Panthers looked at. Going, Okay, he's making this. We think you're worth this. But according to various reports, they're wide apart on who thinks what. Panthers think he's less. Brian Burns wants more. But here's the thing. When you got an opportunity, if you think he's special, which obviously they do because they turned down two number one picks from the Rams. Yes. If you think he's special, you sign him now because the price is just going to keep going up, all right? I'll never understand why franchises do this constantly. It's really bad at the quarterback position. The price, it's like a pod, the quarterback position is a Ponzi scheme. It's a straight line up every freaking year. So either you get in now and pay him or you don't. And if you're smart with the salary cap, you know how to manipulate the numbers to make it work for you, okay? So don't give oh, cap considerations. The salary cap's not real. All right? It's not real. It's like birds. So stop it. Anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. Pay Brian Burns, man, and lock up this distraction. I mean, that's the other thing, too. We always hear NFL teams, oh, no, we don't want distractions. You're creating one. You're freaking creating one. Big thanks, too. As I check my notes here, you threw me all off with your uh, needing power supply. Oh, and I still don't have one. You don't have one? Mm-mm. Do you need to borrow one? Probably. Oh, geez. Okay. Particularly when we talk to Bo. Oh, boy. All right. Anyway, Hometown Realty sponsoring. They got power. Ovi's and Jillio. They got the power to make sure that you can buy and sell a house. They got the power of lots and lots of agents, and they got the power to get you something that's a little bit better than a guaranteed offer. Yeah, don't sell yourself short. Don't do that. Go don't get help. That. Ask the pros. Go to myhtr.com. Barry Woodard and his crew. More than 250 agents. They got six locations. Clayton, Garner, Raleigh, Atlantic Beach, you name it. They're there. Let them help you out with your number one investment. Go to myhtr.com. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hammer. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Attorneys and counselors at law. Maybe they can look over contract terms for somebody for you. I don't know. You could put clauses. I bet you Josh knows that salary cap isn't real, too. Because he can get in and wiggle around around and find the nooks and crannies uh, with some legalese. (laughs) So again, check them out at wh.lawyer. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer. All you need to know, they have the greatest URL there ever was. Yes, this is true. This is true.
Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, he is Bomani Jones. The right time is the podcast. Bo, before we start, I know you've been telling people the right time podcast feed remains the right time podcast feed. Do we have any updates when I will get a notification that there is a new right time in my podcast player? Soon. <laughs> Soon. Well, I know. I, I have all the information. I have none of the wherewithal to give it to you. But I can tell you soon, soon. Okay. What's going to be back faster, your podcast or Texas? Who's back? <laughs> Who's back? Is Texas back? Come on, Bo. I mean, so the thing about the is Texas back thing, the question I've always had, even when I rooted for them, was back to where? <laughs> like where where is this notion of back like if, as much as the is texas back thing comes around that would be like a more relevant discussion for say something like notre dame right sure. like they've had points where they've been somewhere for a really long time and really made it happen texas has won three conference championships in the last 25 years and we're talking about what the hell back is right excuse <laughs> me 27 years and we out here talking about what the hell back is come on man i'll say this though I watched enough of that because I currently don't have ESPN. It's not about beef with the previous employer situation. It's about me having Spectrum. Mm -hmm. That's as good as Texas has looked in a game like that in as long as I can remember. Like, that's the biggest road win that that program has had since 2005. I was going to say since Vince Young. Yeah, it was Vince Young at the horseshoe against Ohio State in, Mm -hmm. I want to say, like the third game of the year in 05. That's the biggest road game they've had since then. Yeah, I don't know if Texas is back, Bo, but is Alabama dead? Because I've already declared that's, Clemson dead. That's that's where the party is right there. Is And the thing about Alabama being dead is what does dead mean? Because to them, dead means 10 and 2. Like back-to-back yeah. 10 and 2 seasons, right. <laughs> there's a whole generation that has no idea what it looks like down there when they think it looks bad. And what you think is bad is not the same thing as what we think is bad. And when people make the argument, oh, Saban's built up too much goodwill, shh. It's funny you mentioned that. This is from Roll Tide Willie. Uh, Gilio sent this to me. This is actually from an older game, but they brought it back to illustrate a point after losing to Texas. I don't know if you've seen this, Bo, but uh, it's it's an adventure. How you feel about the game? I think Alabama sucks. Come on now, Willie. Hey, I'm going to tell you like it is. There's my money. If, if you don't, uh, you don't owe me nothing. You don't know how to play ball. You go out here and get five-star players, supposed to be the best in the nation, and you can't win a damn ball game. You suck. You leaving? Where you going? Where you going? Well, I don't like it. God dang. Got a man up there making $12 million a year. He can't win a damn ball game. We want to win a national title. We can't win it like this. We won a lot of ball games, though. Yeah, but God dang, let's win. You don't got too old, you can't win no more. If you are, you need to step down. It's too old, bro. Damn right. I'll show them how to win. Go up there and slap them upside the head. That's the way you do it. It gets better. Keep in mind, that's after they lost the game by two points. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. No, it's different, man. It's different. Now, I do think, though, that Alabama's in a similar place that Dabo was in in the sense that having excellent quarterbacks covers up for a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot. And Alabama just had a run of four straight that I don't think anybody can compete with, and that's even what having Matt Corkle thrown in there. Like, they've had, like, a monstrous run of quarterbacking, 
that's kind of gone. And also just at the top line of talent, this team doesn't seem to be as talented as the one that we've seen in the previous years. But everybody else gets to go nine and three every now and then. Yeah, they don't. Alabama can't. Well, because then Willie gets mad. He starts slapping his friends' phones. So here's my question. Does does Deion Sanders take the Alabama job or uh, the Clemson job? I mean, any number of jobs that Deion Sanders might be available for after uh, an incredible start to the season in Colorado. Yeah, let me tell you this, though. If he could leave and go take one of them jobs right now, it would probably be a very good idea. Sell high. I don't know. I, I did not watch the TCU game. I was off doing my own thing on that day I did watch this game against Nebraska and the thing that jumped out to me that I'm surprised more people aren't talking about is boy that team is not big at all they seem to be really fast and Shador mm-hmm. Sanders seems to be the real deal from what I can tell so far but they don't have big fast guys they got little fast guys and you can do some things with that but I don't see how that kind of team can withstand the rigors of a power five schedule as we go through so what we're going to find out about this team is not going to be th- what's happened so far. It is not going to be about when they play against Colorado State next. After that USC game, I think we'll have a much better place to have a discussion about what exactly this team is and how good they're going to be. But for right now, I mean, people told us they were going to go 0-12, 1-11, you know, and I didn't know enough about the roster to really speak on that. But those people who told us that, I do want to know like what they think because they seem to have sold a lot of people a bill of goods. Do you believe? Look, Blair, it, are we ready for the nuanced conversation? And I don't think Matt Rule no. was intentionally throwing shade. Oh, dude, he was totally but, throwing shade. No, no, no. But no, no, no. Um, when, he, when he said the first person he complimented was the offensive coordinator. Uh-huh. Like at what point? What do we is know? That going to start? What do we right? know about Matt Rule? It's not really, no. Dion. It's the what do it's we the know? White offensive oh, coordinator yes. that they brought in from Kent State. Yeah, Kent it's State not guy, right. really, Dion. Look, as if Dabo is out there calling plays all. Right. What do we know about Matt Rule? After his time with the Panthers, he's a small person. Yeah, and that's really going to get. I, that's going to get real. Yeah, fun. yeah, but Joe, I didn't read Joe, it. I, I couldn't Joe, get it in context. But Joe, to be fair, he may be the small person, right? Yes. However, you. Being a Miami uh, Hurricanes guy, you remember you remember the Mark Whipple syndrome. Yes, <laughs> right. There was those there was those three weeks where Ja'Cory Harris and Miami were good, and yeah. all the credit went to Mark Whipple, yep. whom nobody thinks is actually good at being an offensive coordinator. Like that is going to happen, and it's wild yeah. because with with Lewis, who's the coordinator Nothing at Colorado, <laughs> I saw people say early, like, "Wow, he should have been a gotten a Power Five job a long time ago." Yeah. He was just the coach at Kent State, and they weren't good. Right. Right. Like, like, like this is like, that's going to happen. And to okay. credit to Dion, though, we can, but we can, but nobody else is built for that. Nobody else is ready for it. And this, this is people on team Dion. This is people opposed to team Dion. I have found so much of the discourse around this to be flat out embarrassing yeah. from top to finish. Like nobody actually wants to talk about this. We're getting in the context that do you believe? No. What am I supposed to be believing in? Football coach. <laughs> I think I believe your kid's really good. <laughs> I think there are I think there are a couple things that are going on here. Is it is it dumb of me to think that what Dion is doing is very Dion, because Dion is about yes. Dion. He always has been. I mean, the fact that he's even taking shots at Florida State when he's like, no, where'd I graduate from? Never forget where I graduated from. He's not a Florida State guy anymore. Yes. He's probably still mad that he never got the job or they never talked to him about it. I think, though, that the t- a team can feed off of that. Yeah. And I think what you're seeing is 
How do you motivate your players? How do you motivate this crew to maximize what they have? And so far, I like no notes the way that Dion has handled the team, the us against the world, the do you believe? To me, that's as much of a message to his players than it is for the for the media side of it. But like all things, there's a nuance to this. And you have been in this uh, where you've had, I thought, very just nuanced, balanced conversations about what Dion's done that's good and what Dion has said is also kind of problematic, but nobody wants to hear any of that stuff. And that that's how we end up in these conversations. Yeah, like, I think that Dion has become an avatar for a lot of people who support him for a lot of things that are in their lives that honestly don't have anything to do with Dion. Mm-hmm. Like, I've heard a lot of people make the point about this, what Dion's doing is somehow being disruptive to the status quo of college football, and I need somebody to explain to me what's disruptive about it. The only thing that's disruptive about stuff. it... Yeah, but portal stuff... I don't know yeah, if that's like that, that volume. I yeah, guess. just to the point yeah. where Bubba, yeah. Bubba, to the point where Bubba Cunningham yeah. is referencing yeah. it in the Tez Walker yeah. situation, right? But I don't think that that's positive in a good way, right? Like, like the idea—I mean, disruptive in a good way. Like the idea that that is disruptive is more so that that's a bit more cynical than yeah. most things that we're accustomed to and saying. But I don't think that Dion is doing anything much differently on a fundamental level than anybody else. He's just doing it as Dion Sanders. And if you want to talk about what to me is fascinating about Dion Sanders. 35 years ago, that dude set up in a dorm room and created a brand that continues to this day. Mm-hmm. Everything he's doing is based on the brand of primetime that he created when he was at Florida State. A brand, by the way, let us not forget, that involves showing up to the last game against Florida in a limousine and a white tuxedo at age 20 or 21 or whatever it is. But that brand of primetime is still the exact same dude. That's on the sideline for all these games. He has adapted it. He has adjusted it. He has thrown in some Dion. He's added some activator. He's taken some out. He's done all those things. But in the end, what it culminates with is what he has become is, and I don't think, I don't know if anybody else has really picked up on this, but this is the truth. He's the single most famous college football coach that ever existed. Nobody ever took a job as a college football coach half as famous as Deion Sanders is. And so what you have is the full-on celebrity coach in our full-on celebrity era at a time where no other head coach is actually interesting. Now, if you want to say that something is disruptive, it is bringing back the idea that it's okay for your coach to have a personality, which used to be the charm of this whole sport. And now all of them are boring as hell, except for one. Well, you you talk about the charm of the sport. It's funny you you go there. This is where this is where local Bo uh, would enjoy this conversation. App State and North Carolina just played for the third time in what four years, and they've all been nail biters. You know, App State goes to Chapel Hill in 2019 with Eli Drinkwitz as the head coach. They win dramatically. We had that 63-61 ridiculous game. Uh, last year up in Boone, and then this one goes into overtime. Carolina comes out with the win. You get your Drake May jump man pose and all that fun stuff. Yet the attitude from Carolina fans and even Mac Brown, he said it tongue in cheek, but he's like, yeah, I'm happy to not be playing them. But this is the man who coached at App State, for heaven's sake. I'm happy to be moving on from this. Let NC State play them, okay? Um, and it, it started this conversation about well, we have nothing to gain. Like there's this attitude with Carolina fans that they dropped in the AP top 25 because they played Appalachian state. No, you dropped in the AP top 25 because you barely won a game. If you did that against Minnesota, the same thing would have happened. They play Minnesota next week. And there, and eventually I, I, I knew what I was doing. I started poking Carolina fans on social media to get the truth. 
And they're like, well, we gain nothing. We're this, we're that. I'm like, so by that logic, you would not play NC State because you're the flagship university. You have every advantage in the world. Beating NC State is an expectation. Losing to NC State is embarrassment. And you know the response I got, Joe? A lot of Carolina fans going, cool. When we leave for the Big Ten, we don't want to play them ever again. I'm like, what are we doing here? Who do you want to play? Like, who is it that you want to play that's going to give you a better excitement and stakes and engagement than playing NC State or playing App State? What the hell is happening with college football, man? It's maddening at this point. You know what makes it interesting when you bring that up? I was talking to somebody about this um, with relation to what we, so we were talking about earlier. Yeah. All this change around the playoff and everything else and to like increase access to the national championship, which I mean really is about the money of the playoff and come on. Let's mm-hmm. be real about this. There is literally one school in America that plays every year for a national championship, and that's Alabama. Nobody else really cares that much. They'd like to win one. It would be cool if they did, but nobody's getting run out of there because they didn't win a national championship. That's just not what people are in it for. Like what I learned in my time living and working in North Carolina was most people are watching seven or eight win football. I don't even say that is shade. It's just what it is. Yeah. Most people are getting their enjoyment out of seven or eight win football. Like for me to be around the excitement that people could have around the Carolina State game, that meant nothing really outside of one area code in three counties, right? People care. Like that's what the bag is. So the idea that they were like, okay, we don't want to play NC State. Now, I, as the king of the never play Texas A&M again movement, but that was just sheer pettiness, <laughs> and I just wanted them to hold an L for the rest of eternity. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, we're talking about something different, but if you're if you're a fan of Carolina football, I think I'm right there with you. I get not wanting to play App State. Like, I get that. Like, that, that happens with those step-down games, right, yeah. for everybody. Like, it's just like, yo, what are we doing here? And, you know, I get all that, and that team is so charged up because it's a bunch of guys that wish they'd gotten an offer from a school they didn't get an offer from and they get to take it back out okay cool but you're right who are you going to enjoy playing football against if you're not enjoying yeah. playing it against nc state or virginia or whoever it happens right. to be? like who are you going to enjoy this against rutgers in the big 10 apparently although we know where this is all going it's going to super league all right bomani jones he's rob motor group hotline before we get out of here i went to the ll cool j force tour last night that, last PNC. Night? that was last night at pnc arena De La Soul, Roots, Roots was the house band. De La Soul comes out. Rakim came out. I was not expecting Rakim. How was he? Because he can be a little hate or miss. He nailed it. I mean, was he energetic on stage? No, but he <laughs> right. nailed it. Okay. Juvenile comes out. And of course he does the, you know, he plays the hits, closes with yeah. back that ass up. Um, but the whole pro, the, the whole premise of this with LL was celebrating hip hop, 50 years of hip hop. That was on the video board and they kept referencing it. And there was all... DJ Jazzy Jeff was playing all these reference tracks. Soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you and I were texting about this because there was a piece on Defector that on the surface read like any number of rock and roll is dead articles that have been around since the 60s and 70s. And I think you had pointed this out to me that, well, it depends on what are we looking at here? Are, you, are we looking at it from a genre perspective as a music genre? Or are we talking about it from a culture perspective? And I guess, again, I looked at it surface level. I'm thinking this sounds a lot like what we have the lament of music all the time, that it's lost its soul. It's not as good as it used to be. You got these guys who have sold out. You have some artists who have some problematic views. Again, I've seen this in other genres, but this hits different for you. Yeah, but I think like, like a major difference between rock and rap in this discussion, I would say, though, is that I think that 
as a genre, we've kind of evolved out of rock music, right? Mm-hmm. Like the sound has kind of gone in a different direction. Where with rap as a sound, we've kind of stagnated in it. Like there's no, there has not been a significant musical movement to come post-rap in a way that doesn't make any sense, right? Like you had to move from, you know, you have jazz is like the significant movement. Then you get like, you get gospel moves into soul. Soul moves you into funk. Funk kind of gets us into hip hop. And we've kind of stopped here, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there by now should be a generation of kids who reject rap music. And they're like, yo, that's what they used to do. We all some new. And nobody seems to be on anything new. And so when I look at rap and like from a cultural situation, I thought that uh, Jason Angle's piece, which I recommend you check out. The big thing he talked about, though, is we ain't got no say so and no like gatekeeping anymore. There's no curation. There's no real like keeping together a culture that exists and has always been under assault from so many people in so many different directions. So we just letting a lot of bullshit come out here, man. Like, like the black thought line, we lose a grip of what garbage means. That's mm-hmm. real. And I think that you can't lose sight of that, that at some point in this, we stopped caring about whether this stuff was actually good. And nobody ever did quality control like rap. Like if something got famous, but it wasn't good, we tossed it up out of there so fast and made sure that person could never come back again. Then yeah. you look up and Macklemore's out here and we just like, oh, well, I guess you got to let it happen. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be a hater. But also, P, like, I don't want to be a hater. Like we uh-oh. get a lot of people that were whack and we just didn't want to be haters anymore. And so. That's where I think the, 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 what has happened and where rap is at this point is that it, there used to be a significance and a meaning to the idea of hip-hop culture that I do think at this point is gone, and that is kind of sad. And some of our leaders, like, it's one thing to say that old people become more conservative. It's another thing for Ice Cube to ride around with Tucker Carlson. You know what I mean? Like, hey, that's a little different. It is a little bit different. I had this moment this summer, Bo, my 15-year-old, you know, the baby and all this other stuff that's going on, little Dirk and whoever oh, these other Caleb, people are. Caleb wants to go see Travis Scott at PNC. And, and I just told him, I'm like, you know, they used to, like, actually write songs. Like, rap songs used to, like, tell a story and, like, actually had rhymes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everything now, Bo, is the N-word. That's all it is. And I'm sitting here going... Like, come on. And I even played one song for him. Like, do you see they went to trigger here? But they the didn't go is, that. Like, they actually tried to rhyme but here. Like rock, they made an effort. But like rock and even to a certain extent country, which I, I, I wanted to bring this. Well, country's pop. Well, I, no, no. But hold on a second. Hold on a second. Like, I was riding around. Caleb got his learner's permit. So we drove out to Wilson to go. Wow. Yeah, I know. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I just got grayer here. I lost more hair. Um, So... My buddy Ryan, who's, you know, our age, went to Virginia. He was like basically grew up on Tribe Called Quest and all that. He would have been losing his mind with him yeah. coming out, De La Soul. And he's like, ah, I don't know anything new. I'm like, see, but that's not true. That stuff still exists. It's just in the in the margins now. So I put him on to Griselda. All right. Well, you want to hear guys rapping and telling stories? Well, then may I introduce you to all the cocaine flow from Betty yes. the Butcher <laughs> and various other guys, right? From that, from that crew. And, and the beats are also kind of old school, the alchemist, whatever. So this gets me to country. Cause I was thinking about this last night while watching this show country, like hip hop used to be protest music. It was culture. It was, yeah. man, we're getting screwed by the man. All right. And somewhere along the lines, this summer was a huge summer for country, but is it country or is it pop? The people who are dominating the charts are just doing pop versions of country while actual country artists who are still kind of keeping that vibe, whether it's Tyler Childers, C. Luke Holmes, right. Tyler doing Ch- fast car. Exactly. Like, 
You got Tyler Childers. You've got Sturgill Simpson. There's any, you know, you got Chris Stapleton to a certain extent. That stuff exists, and they're still kind of doing that kind of, let me tell you some stories yeah. about. Zach Bryan's trying to. He's trying that stuff. So it exists. I almost feel like country music and hip-hop have this weird inflection yeah. point where it's gone pop yeah. and you've lost kind of that soul. Well, I mean, this has been a fight that's been going on in country music for like 60 years, right? Yeah. You know, like I want to say it was 20-something years ago that Willie Dustin didn't do, was it the murder on, uh, music on murder, murder on music row thing or whatever? Yeah. Like they were having they were having that fight. That one for, in that world has certainly gone on for a very long time. But I think when you talk about Griselda, the thing you can't forget, Madam Dudes, is our age. <laughs> you know, it's like when you start, like I, like used to be, I used to throw out, like Run the Jewels is probably the best rap group in the world at a point. But it didn't matter because they older than me. Right. Right. You know? And right. so I don't and so I think there are a lot of things to it, but I think the piece that my man wrote that I think more people really do need to like read and actually check. It's not just, oh man, the music is isn't any good anymore. It was more a look at us, those of us who consume this music and have considered ourselves to be proponents of parts of this culture. Mm-hmm. And it's being like, yo, did we let this get completely out of hand here? Some of this also to me is really just a function of the internet. And music is no longer communal. Yeah. And so everybody, the music don't come from the streets no more. The music come from the internet. And mm-hmm. I don't mean the streets like in a like hardcore sense of the streets. I mean, it could come from the cul-de-sac and still be good, sure. but it's got to come from people. It's got to come from something organic. And now it just comes from the internet. It just feels like all this stuff is just rotating over and sounding the same. I can't name the last rap album. So forget about whether something was good enough for this distinction. The last rap album that we could all get together and be like, yo, man. That one's a classic, probably to Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. And like, I disagree. I have arguments on that one, but we don't have those things anymore that you can throw out there. An album to be like, yo, this is one that everybody knows and everybody talks about. That's the stuff that I think we've lost. And that to me is about the degradation of a culture more so than talking about the quality of the music. You're also saying album, right? (laughs) Like TikTok is where music comes from now. That's where where kids get it from. But people are still buying albums. Yeah. Right. Still making them. No, yeah. but this generate the, the what well, I'm talking about our kids now yeah. and what they listen to and how they listen to music. They don't listen. Nobody. They don't buy albums. Oh. Listen to them as albums as stories. Oh. Getting back to the story yeah. arc, yeah. right? Like it's just one song. It's one beat. It's it's Jack Harlow. Not even rapping over you know right. the OJ's anymore. They're rapping over uh, yeah. Fergie. Like give me a yeah. break. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one thing that does happen. I think as we get to our age is these little jokers about nostalgic are you nostalgic about the things we rejected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And you, to your point about TikTok, um, I mean, the, only, how, the only ones telling stories are the women. Yeah, and they're telling the same story. Well, so that's my thing in rap, where I raised the question about where women are in this, and I'm sure people are like, well, you gotta go find them. If I gotta find them, it's a problem. Like, I don't think anybody talks about that part. It should be that damn hard. Cardi B. You don't have to find Cardi B. You don't have to find Megan The Stallion. They're no, telling me. The thing about Cardi B is her out like that first that Invasion of Privacy album was like low key really really good yeah. like not just like it was very well done they they there's an interesting character construction that goes around it but I was with my brother one day and we were watching some title playlist of like women in rap and it was basically the same woman over and over again perhaps with a different color hair a slightly mm-hmm. different build slightly different not even that much different all the way through it was the same it felt like it was the same song over and over again and what we did was and it's a wild thing because we look back at that time and people are like yo this objectification of women where you just got them dancing for you in the background and everything else that's not cool right and then what it raised was a whole generation of women who apparently not every single woman obviously but a lot of women who apparently looked at the women dancing in the video was like, well, what if I could do that and rap? Mm-hmm. 
And what if I got to be both people? Which, again, is not a disruption, just a slight adjustment of what has gone on that I don't know what to make of. The Bongos video was pretty disruptive, dude. Just saying. Yeah. Let me tell you this about But this is where I think that that was a worrisome proposition. That's all. You're only supposed to do that once. Like, you remember that second time that David Bowie and Queen did a song together? No, you don't. You do that once. The fact they had to do it twice? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the first one was so like you can't top that, ladies. You just can't. <laughs> no, you can't. You ding, can't. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that have been whack forever, Vanilla Ice also in that boat. Yes. All right. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. See, see, see. It's, it's, it's a subtle it's difference. Subtle. It's a very subtle difference. Oh, Monica, hey man, it's good catching up. Um, Thank you, Bo. Maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll get a new podcast soon for me. It'll be, I promise you. And what's so wild about this is, it's people that's out here really thinking like, oh, damn, you can't find a job. Number oh. one, if I couldn't, it don't matter. But I can. I promise. Like, I wouldn't prefer people not think that. I readily admit. Uh, this is uh, this is the part of the conversation I always love with Pomani, where, see, we're just working schlubs here. We, you know, we got to do this, man. We got to do this. <laughs> You can take some time. Joe and I, man, we got bills to pay. Yeah. We got I'll tell you this, though. I am still hitting up your last employer for my last check. Really? Yeah. Jeez. It was always well, a little slack on that, but now it's like, hey, man, um, where my where $200 at? I have three more days before I can say anything. So. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you know, oh, this is the rare moment where I get to tell my money. Don't mess up my money, dude. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. It only, it only took <laughs> no, 15, no, the years. Time. Only right took 15 years. Write it down. 931. 9-11, Don't mess up my money. All right, Bo, we'll talk to you later, man. All right, man, take it easy. <laughs> Bomani Jones here on Ovias and Gilio. Uh, he's on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. your computer die yeah i got nothing okay well we, we got we can keep going okay you don't need your computer i don't know if you wanted to hit timeout we're where we're going we don't need thursday computer. was so nice oh what being inside the the breeze yeah. through yeah you're right we got you want to do it again no the um well yeah that but like being in the breeze no, we did we did it we we did it live yeah and it was like hey whoa we're, i forgot about that we're doing it live now too i i get that are we are we on the the youtubes the no, same way no we're not doing that live you want to okay. do that more often you want to go I, like live, live once a week? Often? We could try that. Okay, we can try. I felt like we had people. Oh yeah, you get the live chat and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that makes it easy for like hey Joe questions and things like that. Yes. Uh, big thanks to Breeze Through. We were there this past week uh, to start things up. Do you, you, you see the? You got the text from Adam. Like Wolfpack Country, all that fun stuff. They were open at six a.m. We have people ready to go for tailgating. Oh yes, yes, yes. So yes. that's exciting. So again, you, you got tailgate needs. Head on over to Breeze Through. They got locations all across the triangle, Chapel Hill. There's one out there too that you can hit. Joe was remember when you discovered it? Like, wait a minute, this is a breeze through. Oh, too. carry on sixty four. Yeah, yeah. So you can go hit that one as well. So they're You'd all be surprised. The- yeah. So go check them out. And uh, I think we'll be back at breeze through for another live show from the from the beer I, fridge. I, there might be something that coincides with the start of a certain hockey season. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe we will have It'll to just do be that. purely coincidental. Speaking of things that we want to do, you want to do a tailgate? I do a hockey tailgate. When do you want to do that? I want to do that in November because we have coming up next week, next Monday, mm-hmm. OG Pizza Night, Oakwood Pizza Box. Yeah. That that's going to be awesome. That's going to be fun. Then on October sixth, we have the OG Golf Classic. That's going to be fun. 
So November, there's a week where um, Sidney Crosby and then Connor McDavid come to town. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a sweet spot in there. There's an opportunity there. There is a sweet spot in there. And at a time, you know, quite frankly, normally we're caught up in like the state Carolina football game. We're started, we're, we're caught up at the beginning of the college basketball mm-hmm. season. I think it's high time we recognize the Canes and, and where they are. And yeah, I'm, and I'm with you on that. It's not just a, uh, a spring venture anymore. So let, let's try to do something in November. Butcher's Market's on board. Wings Over's on board. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll, we'll scrounge up a couple other things. Speaking of Butcher's, check them out. Locations across Triangle. Got Wilmington as well. Uh, they got not just what you need to grill, uh, all the things. But they also have booze, too. Uh, our guy, Riley, and Groove Wagon, they're available at... Yes, uh, the Wake Forest location. At the Wake Forest location. And uh, more importantly, though, check out, check out uh, Butcher's Market. And if you don't feel like grilling, they can make a sandwich for you. The steak and cheese is going to go over well at a tailgate as well. So go check them out. On, just go check them out across the triangle. It's the Butcher's Market. I wanted to get back to the North Carolina app state game and just like the kind of general conversation around that. And to kind of tie into what we were talking about with Bomani, we kind of inadvertently, that's the thing. When we talk to Bomani, you never know where the conversations are going to go. Like basically like anytime we talk to Bomani, like I'd write down three things and I know we're going to go to five different places. I, don't understand the mentality of on one hand saying the soul of college sports is lost because of realignment and the chasing of money. And then right after saying that you don't want to play regional games like you see between North Carolina and app state. Well, I think their fan, I think Carolina fans in this particular instance is having an immediate reaction to two games in the last two years that are nuts, man. I get that bonkers and Carolina, by the way, has a really good team. And I I would like to push back on some of the app state fans Mm -hmm. who are down on Sean Clark after last season. And I I know what their standard is and I I get what their expectation is, but a, they're in a more difficult conference in the Mm -hmm. Sun Belt that that league has improved tremendously. And B, you know, you have some turnover, (laughs) like college football is changing. And what I saw in their quarterback on Saturday is a guy, if they can hang on to him and that's going to be a big challenge, but Mm -hmm. if they can hang on to him, they've got a guy there who they can build around over the next four years, over the next three years. And I think that gives you a real chance. And I think people, I think that's the one thing I want people to take away from this college football season. Not that they didn't before, but just how important that position is and just how important it is to have that in place. Cause then you could start building around it. Mm -hmm. So I think App State's going to be fine, but I, th- I think I think you're caught up a little bit in some online syndrome here, that's, some that's some extremely fair. online syndrome. That's fair. Like I don't blame Carolina fans. I don't blame Mac Brown on the field in front of the prayer circle, yeah. going on the ACC network, playing like I never want to play these guys again. Yeah, I that, totally get that. In that moment, I totally I get, get that. that because there's like a relief to it. The only thing I would say is, I you and I have been here for for 25 years. Mm-hmm. We we've seen home games against South Florida that just fall. They don't move the needle, man. We've seen home games. State does not move the needle. We've even seen home games against the Cincinnati team. That's ranked. And you're like, "Eh." Eh. you know, so if you can't get Tennessee here, if you can't get Georgia here, if you can't get Get Florida here, which you're getting a better test out of that game too. these schools are trying. They've all tried to varying degrees. The Notre Dame games help. 
right? For all of the whinging I do about Notre Dame, Notre Dame coming to town helps every ACC school when they come to town. They also that's, kick that's, your ass. That's undeniable that it helps to have that game on your schedule, okay? Other games that help on your schedule are ones that your fans are interested in. And you can't be scared to lose. If you're, gonna be, if you're scared, get you. a dog. That is if my you're scared, ultimate. Go get a dog. Dude, that is because my ultimate point, There's going to be times where you lose to ECU. Yep. NC State has. Yep. There's going to be times where you lose to App State. Carolina has. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't play those games. And I understand that Carolina has a very good quarterback right now, and they have very good pieces right now, and they struggled like hell to beat that team. That's not a, a knock on Carolina. It is. It shows you how strong App State is. Last year when NC State has this alleged once once in a 20-year roster, and they, they have to beat ECU on a missed kick. That's not a knock on NC State, mm-hmm. okay? The games are compelling. The games are interesting. You know, this week, NC State's going to play VMI. You know, Carolina has an interesting, has a, has a game against Minnesota, which on paper might be interesting, but the, the atmosphere for that game will be nothing that it was for the App State game last week. So sometimes you're, it's almost like the big four in basketball, right? Like those coaches hated, hated those it. games. They hated, hated it. those games in Greensboro that didn't count mm-hmm. towards the ACC standings for all various reasons. But it's easier to recover from those kind of games in, in basketball than it is football. But I would just say to you, as Bo said, we're talking about programs that are seven and eight win programs. Yes. You know, if, and, if North Carolina were in a position like Alabama or Georgia, and but this is, by the way, this is not specific to North Carolina because there are RNC State fans. And again, I've been doing this long enough that I remember doing radio hits with Troy D on Pirate Radio sure. 15, 20 years ago no, yeah. where they don't want to play State fans forever. And, and I don't want to play them. Also, yada, yada, yada. But we should also clarify. They don't have to play every year. No, they don't. Like this yeah, could yeah, be a, don't. you know, yeah, and by the way, a couple years. And by the way, I love that ECU and App State are playing each other this week. We should get more of that. I got, I got, I got bad news for you, App. <laughs> yeah. Here, here you, comes the Pirates this week. And the way that you just played against they're gonna Carolina, like ECU, you look at the rest of ECU's schedule. Mm-hmm. And I know where they are right now with, with their you. record. I know where they are. Now. They are going to be fired up to play. And you know what? That's going to be a hell of a game because I think App State will be, and is that, I think they'll be ready to play too. Is that not the point? I would hope so to play these types of games I would hope so. to make you feel something. And if, if anything, the way it comes across is scared. If you're scared, get a dog to your point. And that's the part that probably infuriates me more when we have these conversations. All right. It's also not the end of the world when you lose one of those games, by the way. I agree. Like Mac lost one the first year. I did, agree. Did they fold up the program. And so every time I hear a complaint about this, all I hear is, but my feelings, because at the base of all of this is that people don't want to go to work on Monday right. and get dunked on right. by the obnoxious App State no, fan no, no. in the office or the obnoxious the ECU fan, fan or the state fan. That's who would give you. T- right. And, that's and they know that. But that's what this is about. And whether you want to admit it or not, man. <laughs> that's what this man, whole thing is that's about, That's what it's man. all about. That, but but that, to get to my point, why else are we doing this? Right. If that's not the point, that's the whole reason. Look, so I made basketball great, man. I, I'm very much about because it was Wake and Duke too. It wasn't just you know yes. State and Carolina. So now to the coach's point, right? The the amount of whining that takes place. Okay, you talk all off season about being a particular type of championship program, but you want to be a championship program playing nobodies. Like who is it that you want to play that's satisfactory to your goals? What you're telling me is you just want the easiest path after preaching all season to your players about hard work. 
You preach all the time about how nothing comes easy, except you want to grease the wheels to easy wins year in, year out. And when you get an actual compelling, challenging game from an in-state opponent with stakes, you suddenly are like, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, then why are you here? Why are you? And again, this is not specific to Mac Brown. I no, know no. Mac Brown has some tongue in cheek, no, yeah, I, but he's also complained about this not tongue in cheek. Sure. Okay. And when he talked about ECU and all that stuff, I simply pointed out, well, last time I checked that ECU's playing App State this weekend, NC State just scheduled some home and home, you know, like the whole exchange with App State. And I had a couple of Carolina Which fans. Which I worry might not happen might, in terms not. of once all of this stuff gets reshuffled, yeah. how many conference games are going to so be played. So we get to that and, point. And I can guarantee you where the conversation is going to be in five to 10 years. Yeah. We're going to sit here and lament. Oh, man, it used to be great. Oh, man. Remember, what, the, remember, remember the opening weekend of the 2022 season? Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm like, well, this is what you wanted because you're chasing dollars all oh, the you time. Get, you get to open with SMU. Not that I can yell at cool. Carolina, I'll yell because they they're they're the smart ones and all of this. So. Well, look, SMU man, since they have so much money thrown around, I mean, if they want to sponsor us, I mean, can we get some Texas oil money to sponsor the podcast? I'll be more than happy to do it. Just saying. I mean, I'm not above it. I mean, clearly there are some schools in the ACC that are not above it. I don't know. Maybe NC State <sighs> can get a cash advance to fix some of the surge protectors on that scoreboard that got uh, that got hit up. NC State selling five dollar coffees, by the way. On the third floor of the uh, five dollars on the on the Vaughn Towers, five dollars, five dollar coffee, C- carrot coffees, carrot coffees. I bought I bought some. Or actually, I should say, OG Media Company bought some. Yes. That's, that's if, you're, if you're buying five dollar coffees, we need more. We got to start upping the price on our advertisers to support your coffee habit. That's some kind of boondoggle, though. Oh Those goodness. are your number one customers because it's not they weren't doing it for the media; they were doing it for the people in the suites, right? And it's like they're literally giving you thousands of dollars, and you can't give them a carrig. Like I literally bought a carrig during the the pandemic and bought it up there. Brutal. This is. This is not That's that brutal. hard, people. All right, big thanks to Mosquito. <laughs> I'm sure Hayes would have given you free coffee, uh, he, games, right? <laughs> Hayes would take care of me for sure. I got a couple pops after the game out in the RV they, lot. There. They can take care of you, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Uh, look, it's still gross out. You know, it's still warm. We've got all this rain from the weekend. Mosquitoes can still be active. Mosquito Authority can help you keep that in check. So check them out online, bugsbite.com. Also, Pest Authority can take care of your larger problems in the house. Moisture, again, being a big problem. It's been a very wet summer that we're coming out of. It continued this weekend. That stuff affects the inside of your house, and they can put those barriers down. 360 moisture barrier. It's a game changer. Go check them out at bugsbite.com. Also, big thanks to Oak City. Sports cards, buy, sell, trade, grade being the most important thing. Get that graded. Get that card graded so you know what the actual value is. This matters in all sorts of memorabilia. Like shout out to Aaron over at Sound Off. I visited him uh, over the weekend to you know talk about some graphic stuff, whatnot, to give him crap for giving us, us crap in the live chat. And I was like, why is this record so expensive? He's like, well, that's what the market bears. Well, same thing with sport cards. Sports cards. It's what the market bears, and Wes can help you understand that. Yeah, it's particularly if you have no idea. Like if if you're obvious over here thinking your your eighty nine upper deck Griffey is going to get you home. My Mark McGuire USA Baseball. <laughs> no, no, that's not doing anything <laughs> for me. Not the answer. Uh, Go check them bad. out downtown Raleigh, right there off of Glenwood, or go to OakCityCards.com. <laughs> 
All right, we'll get out of here with some hey Joe questions. Big shout out to Anthony. Saw Anthony on Friday night. I was coming back from uh, youth hockey. I was too lazy to cook, and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll just put an online order in and pick it up at 8 o'clock. Anthony was hanging out. He's very scared about this shelf. He is. Such a great idea from Adam over at Breeze Through yeah. to put our feed on the TV screen in the Breeze Through. Yeah. So on Friday when I was at Oakwood Pizza Box, I go. put our podcast up on the board and I'm like, see? I love it. Look at this. Get those hours of view going. I love it. <laughs> we need all the views. <laughs> all right. To Tom. Hey, Joe. Rank youth hockey game day volunteer jobs. Clock operator penalty box person, scorekeeper. All right. You're missing DJ, which is what I am, which I'll have a quick story there in a second. Uh, I'll rank penalty box person number one because that's the easiest job. You just got to open the door and watch the clock and tell the kid to go back out Just there. don't pull a Glenn Wesley and hit somebody in the face and they're going to eat through a straw. For- that, that would be bad. Um, scorekeeper, no, clock operator, depending on the system, would be second because it can get pretty complicated. Yeah. All right. Just ask anybody at Cameron in North Stadium. Yes. Well, we had some Cameron clock operation issues this weekend. Poor Jackie, uh, who had never worked the clock before, uh, struggled with it a little bit. But we got we got our bearings. And then scorekeeper is dead last because, nah, I can't. We got to jot this down. Like, who was that kid? Can I spell their last name? But number one, the most fun job of game day volunteering is to be the house DJ, which I got supplanted, Joe. You did? I did. You're you're an excellent DJ. I am. It's not so much about the playlist. It's about the setup. So our friend Mike Sunheim uh, with the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes. I for, sorry, Mike. I forgot your official title. He keeps moving up. Like, he's not just simply a media relations guy. Oh, no, no, no. He's, he's, he's a big wig. One of the assistant general managers. Yeah, something point. like that. Yeah. I, I forgot what his official title is. But Mike, Mike's, been, Mike's like us. He's been working at for the Hurricanes for a very long time. Regardless, I... Um, he he's also the DJ for their for uh, for Charlie's team. Charlie's a goalie, and our playlists were eerily similar. And talking to Leah, um, Mike's wife, it's like, well, you guys are practically the same. It's like you guys are very much like in sync when it comes to music stuff. So nobody touches my playlists. No, okay. I will get. I always will look up into the crowd to see if I've got the parents bopping. <laughs> if I do, then I'm but winning. Is that the point, or is yes. it the kids? Kids don't know. Oh, okay. The kids don't care. Every so often, Jacob will look at me like I'll see if he's paying attention. I'll play "Never Gonna Give You Up" by Rick Astley to see if the actual, not the no, not Young, young Gravy, not the Jonathan Rand version. <laughs> so I'll play. I'll Rick roll him just to see if he's paying attention on the ice, and he'll look at me like, mm, like I see what you did there. I'm like, all right, good, you're paying attention. But no, I play for the parents, man. Because okay. that's that's who's actually listening. The coaches aren't listening. The players are doing Lord knows what. And if I can get the refs to bop and the parents to bop, I'm winning. However, the way I do the DJ stuff is it's all on my phone. Yeah. Keep it simple. Connect to Bluetooth, aux cord, whatever it is. And, you know, I have it, you know, I have the tiers. I'm like, okay, here are the goal. Here's North the clean version of Raise Up. You know, I got whatever. One of the dads on the team bought software that is similar to what is run at actual arenas. Like it's software that's specific for the stuff. So you can break it up into <laughs> categories. It has like, it shows you if you've played it or not. And he showed up with a laptop with all this stuff Next on level it. on you. And he also did the thing that I didn't do. He actually signed up to be the DJ mm-hmm. last year was very much like an unspoken thing. Oh yeah. yeah Ka- Joe will take care of Jacob's dad will be the one who does a DJ. 
So I fell, I, I fell off. Like I, I was asleep at the wheel. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, this feels I'm like slipping. A, we, we've talked a lot about story arcs today. Yeah. It feels like a story arc for you. You were the technology guy amongst the media people. Oh, 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 oh. But I still am because Chris could not get the Bluetooth to work oh. off his laptop. <laughs> I went, oh, well, you know what does connect to the Bluetooth? <laughs> My phone. So I, I DJed on Saturday. Hey, but I have just the thing. I said, dude, I worked at a radio station. I'm also one of those guys that keeps every cord that ever existed. Oh, do you need an original Firewire cable for your OG iPod? Well, I got just, just the so thing for you. One of those. Do you need dongles? <laughs> Joe, what do you know about I got me? dongles out of the Yang, girl. What do you know about me? I got <laughs> dongles, baby. I got dongles all over the place. I got dongles in I my laptop. stacks on stacks. Stacks of I got boxes of dongles, okay? <laughs> so I brought him the cord that was necessary to plug in mm. the AV cables. To what go a team in. player. So I'm, I'm, I'm relinquishing the DJ duties. Okay. It's gonna be hard for me. I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna be a little, it's gonna be hard for me. Straight up. All right. Let's uh get to Mike on Twitter. Why do people put both blinker lights on when driving in the rain? For safety purposes. Yeah. If the rain's so you coming can down see the car. Yeah. If the rain's coming down really hard, they're called hazard lights. Yes. By definition. Yeah. Come on now. Did you not take driver's ed? Or did you forget about driver's ed? From Landon, why does App State keep scheduling tough in-state games when they have so much more to lose? A Cotton Bowl invite as an unbeaten G5 team than their opponents. Landon, I see what you did there. Which does get to the interesting conundrum. Doesn't App State technically have more to play for than Carolina in these games? No, because they the team that has shown up from the G5 as the as the representative invitee usually almost always has a win over a Power 5 opponent. Yeah. So, got to have one of those on there to impress yeah, people. Unfortunately, and that's, and that's what you got to do. You got to win this game. Yeah, Car- Carolina's not getting to the Cotton Bowl. Um, I mean, they could. Mm, we'll see about that. They got to the Orange Bowl, I and mean, then they backdoored into an Orange Bowl. Keyword. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition. We will see you Tuesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.